Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. If we were doing this like a YouTube channel, I should say, hey, welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. We've got to make sure we have it for the new time people as well. For those returning, thank you. As always, for the new people, welcome in. You can find the Pride of Detroit POD cast on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get podcasts. Download it and welcome in. As we are now live on twitch.tv slash pride to Detroit every Monday during the NFL offseason. And we are getting closer and closer to the NFL draft. It's almost in sight. And I think we're, we're, we're suffering a little burnout right now. But we've got some even more stuff to get into for the draft for you because we're going to talk about nightmare scenarios and dream scenarios that are going through my, our head. Anthony Richardson, come on down. But first, we've got some news to get to, and we've got to introduce the crew. I am Chris Perfett, the addict host at Chris Perfett on Twitter. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online, is here. Jeremy is very excited to talk about off-season workouts. I'm actually, I'm starting to get re-energized. I feel like last week I was at draft burnout. Now it's so close. Like, we are less than two weeks away. Now it's closer. I'm starting to get energized again and be like, okay, this is almost like we don't need you, to talk you've, about you've some hit, of these things. I, I'm not, glad I, it's not excitement for the draft. It's excitement for the end of draft talk. I, I'm glad you're that way because I am the opposite. So at least we're kind of like we're, we're going to equalize in that regard. Like you are rising. I am falling. So we <laughs> we pick up everyone here. And yes, some people are asking before the show, we will be live on twitch.tv slash pride Detroit for nights one and two of the draft, probably some coverage on day three as well, but absolutely I will be hosting both nights for the first three rounds, of the NFL draft, and we're going to have guests coming in and out and nonstop recording podcasts for that night. But we need to bring in our third man of the crew. Ryan is out tonight on technical reasons, which means we bring in more the green Ranger of POD Morgan cannon. How's it going? What Morgan? Up? What up guys? How you doing tonight? It's good. The last time we got to talk to you was around uh, free agency. So you're right. Yeah. And you going to yeah. draft work the workouts. I saw Cam Sutton walking in on the line social media today and I got excited. A little excited. Is about as excited as you can get for those for yeah, <laughs> off-season workouts. So let's but start yeah. with the news. Yeah. Well, let's start with the news. And yeah, we did have off-season workouts are starting here today, Jeremy. Uh some some very interesting stuff there. I 
mostly just looking at guys' fits, seeing who's healthy, who's coming in. I did find it fascinating that uh, Levi Onzerike is among those coming back for the offseason workout. Yeah, the, the Lions posted a, a, a photo gallery and, and a video of, of some guys walking in, and, and Levi was one of, I don't know, about 10, 12 players that they showed, probably purposely, I would imagine, because I feel like every other day someone gets in my Twitter mentions like, why haven't we heard anything about Levi? Um, but it's good news like that he's working out and, and and you know, obviously we're at this point in, in offseason workouts, we're not even talking about on-field drills. It's just, you know, it's it, it's exercising, it's rehab, it's it's that sort of stuff. So none of that, none of, I mean, Levi being there is not really a surprise. Um, I, I believe it was, it was either Dan, Dan or Brad said like, hey, I just passed him at the facility. Like he's working out, he's, he's rehabbing, he's been there. Um, but it is good to see him there walking and in good shape. Um so, you know, it, it's just good to actually, I guess, see it too. Is it seeing is believing maybe there's a shot that Levi is 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 going to do something this year. It's also worth noting um that Emmanuel Mosley is was there. So it's not like just because yeah. he's there means he's healthy. Emmanuel Mosley obviously still in the midst of his ACL. Mosley's there, Cam Sutton is there. Like, yeah, but like, yeah, Mosley is coming back from the torn ACL as well. So it's promising. Yeah. It it it's it's just good to see him there with a smile on his face because he's been through a lot in two years. People just need to take Levi. Like whatever you get from Levi is just gravy. Okay. Like just take it. It's gravy. You shouldn't just expect. I said, it's sad to say, and I'm not saying this in like a spiteful way, but expect very little. And then if you get anything, like if he becomes a productive three technique today, like uh, this year, then I mean, just, just gravy, just people's, and just stop yeah. stressing it, I think. <laughs> Was there anything else from the off-season workouts, or are you just kind of ogling the uh, fits, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, that's there's, there's really nothing else to report. Um, we'll, we'll hear from some players this week as well, so maybe we'll get some news via that. But um, other than that, it's 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 players working out. There's, there's, there's nothing too exciting about that. Well, speaking of about working out and people showing up at Allen Park, someone here on Monday is we're going to have a special guest for the Detroit Lions. Jalen Carter is scheduled to visit the Lions here this Monday on the 17th as we are uh, recording right now. Get your taxes done. And uh, just been a very fascinating draft time for Jalen Carter. For In case you have not been keeping up with the Jalen Carter saga, we should probably let people know, like, there was an incident with him with some uh, street racing a while back, and I believe he was charged uh, with a misdemeanor in georgia no contest in it i believe is is yep. that that is correct uh more pressing concerns at least for the nfl side of things came in when he showed up to a pro day to the georgia pro day and he was overweight and didn't run uh several of the drills so i guess the question surrounding jalen carter is both of character and of fitness and i've never really been one like i I never thought the character would really come into question too much, but the fitness one was where I started to, when when you had both those kind of coming together, it started to put a little concern that you've now ticked off two different boxes. So I think the lions and I, we, we talked about this, I think with our top 30 visits podcast, Jeremy about the lions really have to do due diligence on Jalen Carter to figure out who he is and how they can work with what's happened here. And if, you know, some of these incidents just, making sure they're just not going to happen again. But I don't think any of them were like completely disqualifying either. Right. And I think I've said this a couple of times before as as 
as cruel and harsh as it might sound, I don't think they're going to be as bothered by the off-field street racing incident as they were maybe the, the pro day incident, right? Because the one thing that they say over and over again is football character is first. Football mm-hmm. character. And and Dan Campbell said, like, do whatever the hell you want outside of football. As long as you walk through those doors and you're a professional, you're a fit here. And 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 obviously, you don't want your players getting arrested. You don't want your players getting involved in 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 car crashes and and and, and dangerous behavior, that sort of stuff. I'm not sure there's any evidence other than the fact that Jalen Carter hit sped before that that he's a inherently dangerous person to himself and others. So to me, that's I, I don't want to completely completely kick it to the side, but the the true thing they have to figure out is his football character and that. I don't know. I, I, I'm having a hard time figuring that one out because it feels like every day you have some draft analyst saying one thing or another. I feel like there's a certain amount of people who have now taken the information that we know now from this offseason, gone back and watched the tape and said, oh, like they're looking with a more scrutinous eye or looking through it with a, a different lens. Saying, they're, oh, they're, looking to find, they're looking to find yes. a fault. And yes. I, I that that is something that like draft Twitter will do plenty. Yes. Like it doesn't like if, if you decided – that's the funny thing with tape, right? So many guys swear by the tape or say, I've watched the tape. You've watched YouTube highlights. And when you're watching those YouTube highlights, you're either you're looking either for the things you want to see. It, it becomes this high, high, conf- I, I forget the exact term. So excuse me if I butcher this, but like it's a it's a high control group. It's a high performance control group where you're just you're confirming your own biases one way, either towards a negative or a positive on what you want to come out of with with your predetermined yeah it's confirmation bias. it's it's a confirmation bias i mean yeah. i'm not saying that's completely bad you should like root, stand for the guys but from from a from a point of like trying to argue or debate of a merit or a fault it it makes for a very bad forum it's just to me it's just really hard to to like cuz i you know i've watched a fair amount of jalen carter and I, there's nothing that i see obvious of like this guy is, is taking plays off. This guy, you know, he's, he's not well conditioned. I know a lot of people point to individual games. Well, he didn't do good there. He didn't do good there. Like, like there's a defensive tackle out there that, that looks great a hundred percent of the time. And I will say, you know, playing in Georgia, you don't play a ton of snaps. They have a heavy rotation there. So there, there may be a question if there's any concern about his work ethic, what happens when you increase the snap counts at the NFL level, because he probably will see an increased snap counts, but I don't know. It, it's, it, it's a really hard evaluation. It's smart for the lines to bring them in, them in. I'm still kind of of the belief that I don't think he's going to be their pick, even if he's there on the board, but I don't know that for sure. I, I I'm not speaking to any inside sources or anything. It's just my feel of what the vibes that, that Jalen Carter gives off and the vibes that the lions like with their players. I just don't know if it's a mesh. Yeah. I mean, I, the way I see it is, if it's a fit, then Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes did their due diligence and they're like, okay, we can risk it. Uh, like, remember what Dan Campbell said at the media availability, at, I believe it was the owners meetings. He was like, he's like, if you have like, I don't know what exact phrasing he used, you can have one, maybe two. And he was talking about people like with some, you know, question marks or red flags or however you want to phrase it. So if he's there at six and they think it's a fit, like Jeremy is saying, I think they they'll, they'll do it because the talent is there. He has two years of crazy tape. Uh, the best defense in America, you know, two years running. So, 
Yeah, I mean, we'll just see. It'll be. I don't think he's going to be there personally. I think he's not going to make it past Pete Carroll at five. If I had, if I were a betting man, I don't think there's any way in hell. The top of this is fascinating. I just watched that clip that was being kind of taken out of context of 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 uh, Adam Schefter talking about that uh, quarterbacks this draft isn't probably guaranteed. I I don't know. Factor that in with apparently Jim Irsay was out there. Uh, doing whatever weird tweeting, late night tweeting he was doing, saying he likes all four guys in the draft and what that's supposed to mean. This is what I mean when I say we're in the burnout phase of the draft and that we've, we've, I don't think the entire draft season is lying season, Jeremy, but we've absolutely hit some parts of it where it is lying season, where teams are trying to muddy the waters a little bit more. Will there be one, two, three quarterbacks in this draft? I don't know. It's we talked about it the year when it was Lawrence Wilson and uh, and Lance that it hadn't happened since 1999. Right. Well, it's it, I think. But you get to yeah. this time of year, it's 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 there's this weird duality because as you get closer to the draft, a lot of times we do get some clarity, right? And I think I think we might be getting that with the first overall pick right now. Like you looked at the at the. Uh, I, I picked this up from the lines and UK guys, but um, you, if you looked at the odds, even this morning, I think they were um, Bryce Young was like minus 750 mm-hmm. to go first overall. Now it's like 15 minus 1500. Like yeah, 15, people are talking themselves like, more into CJ Stroud. It's insane. But no, even, it, even no, it's no, it's Bryce Young. It's Bryce Young. Runaway. It's like. Way oh, Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. I'm sorry. I, I missed Bryce Young. Yeah. Like it, it's even more Bryce Young because I guess he canceled all of his, his top 30 visits. Right mm-hmm. now, like it seemed all like so you get that information that that that's probably true. Like it seems like we're narrowing in on Bryce Young being the first overall pick. But right. you're right. At the same time, there's a lot of crap being thrown against. Him I mean, for and, God's sakes, I heard people talking like this this weekend about Tyree Wilson maybe going before Will Anderson, which is nuts. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's just it's just hard to suss out between like what what is actually us getting closer to the truth and what is us getting further away from the truth? And all being said, it, it, it's impossible to do. And so Jalen Carter is right in the mix of that. Like, I think I'm with Morgan. I think Seattle is probably a team that won't pass on a guy that they view as an extreme talent because of some character issues that they, they, they can, I mean, they've taken characteristics, characteristics taken risks before. In, they in the that's, that's their, du- that's their it, duty. It, it works yeah. for it mostly with works. Pete Carroll, like, man. Yeah. That's, that's been Pete Carroll's entire, that's Pete Carroll's entire. They've had a miss here and there, but he's had a miss here or there, but a lot of the times that man's, he knows, he knows his wheelhouse. Yep. No, I mean, he's been doing that since USC. Like he was going out into like Compton in the middle of the night to lift weights with guys he wanted to recruit. Chewing like, that just, gum hard as hell. Just <laughs> That's, that's, that's tricky Pete. That's what he does. But we're going to get back in draft talk here in the next segment. Once we start talking some best case, worst case scenarios. So let's, let's table that and gets back to some more news. A really good story this week, Jeremy, in that. Savion Smith back with the Detroit Lions, re-signed with the Detroit Lions. Uh, for those who don't remember, a very scary incident uh, during the season where uh, during the Patriots game, he had just a really scary injury, like really, really scary. But he had successful surgery and he's back with the Detroit Lions and looks to be ready to go for uh, for this year. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's the kind of huge weight off of, uh, I think the team's shoulder, obviously, um, anytime you see that sort of scary situation, ambulance on the field, um, kind of makes you reassess like full temporary paralysis from a neck injury. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, and then spinal, like spinal fu- fusion surgery is, is also extremely serious and scary and that can go multiple ways. It can end your career. Um, maybe, maybe you jump right back in, into the game. Um, and it looks like that's the case with Savion. You know, he, he signed here uh, on Monday. Um, the lines went, I don't think the lines are just doing that to be like, here, we, you know, congratulations on the rehab. Let's like, he's going to compete. He's going to, he's going to be part of the rotation. And and obviously we don't know where he is in terms of his rehab. We don't know if he's going to be ready for, you know, the, the workouts this week or OTAs or mini camp or training camp. But, um, I, they're, they're going to give him a shot because if, if you remember the whole reason he was in that Patriots game is because he had usurped, uh, Deshaun Elliott. He was starting for Deshaun Elliott in that yep. game um, because they they'd benched him for for poor play. Now he played two snaps all season though before that happened, and and they never really got to see how it worked. He didn't make the original fifty three. I think he was a call from the practice squad that week, so um, he's not a guarantee to make the fifty three man roster or anything like that. But I'm also not counting him out completely because the Lions didn't do a ton of adding to the safety position. You you could say they kind of treaded water depending on what you think uh, CJ Gardner Johnson's role is going to be. Yep. They like he Savion could provide depth at, you know, a couple different positions. Like he could start a nickel for you in a pinch, you know, most likely he can uh, likely play. You don't probably don't want him playing Kirby's position where he's patrolling like a deep third or something like that. But you, you know, playing around the line of scrimmage, like in that Deshaun Elliott role or like where Tracy plays, he could do that in a pinch Could be a core special teamer. If, you know, if things hit right. So yeah, I'm happy Savion is back. He's playing some good football for, you know, like you said, Jeremy took took snaps away from Deshaun Elliott for a little bit there. And so. he was really good in training camp, man. Like was, yeah, had I, a good camp. I think I think something to maybe look look ahead to is like him and Iffy could be fighting for the same roster spot. And and now yeah. like Iffy has kind of run out of chances at this point. And so I feel like this is this is like his last chance. And and I think Savion is, is one of the guys who could challenge for his roster spot. Yeah, Very absolutely. Especially with that kind of versatility that he brings too. That's something that's yep. just really good for especially how this Lions uh, defensive backfield plays like being able to shift to multiple positions is really good to, to, to shift to multiple roles. And I think that's why I think some people like someone like say Brian branch in this draft too. Like sure. I think if the lions do draft a DB, it's going to be someone who's going to be versatile. But if you have mm-hmm. Savian Smith for your depth too, it once again, what we say all the time about Holmes, he likes that versatility going into the draft. Um, speaking of the draft and speaking of one more position, we did have a report this week. The Lions, Jeremy, had pursued Foster Moreau, the tight end. In free agency, yeah. Um, via via Dave Burkett last week, just kind of snuck it in the in the middle of an article talking about tight ends in general, because we, we talked with tight ends coach last week. Um, obviously, Foster Moreau kind of had another unfortunate situation, this, this free agency where um, – found out he had cancer while he was doing a physical with the Saints. So he's currently a free agent, but um, I think the Lions have, have moved on there. And good, the good news is that Moreau seems to be doing well and and intends to play football still, and maybe even as soon as this year. Um, but he also, Burkett also dropped in that same article that he expected. He, he didn't say he expects. He said the Lions are expected to add to the tight end position in this draft. And I think that that might raise the hair on, on some people's back a little bit because I know – um, people are are very scared to to draft a tight end, but I've been saying this pretty consistently all offseason. I know they don't need a tight end. I know all their tight ends scored all those touchdowns last year after they traded TJ Hawkinson, but I'm not really impressed with that room. And I think they could certainly use an upgrade. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a first round pick, but I think mm-hmm. I think this team could and 
especially when you consider the depth in this draft, right? This is one of the better tight end classes in, in years. So um, yeah. I, I I tend to believe Burkett is a word there that, that the lines are going to add a tight end sometime this draft. Yeah. It's important to note too, that today, Monday, uh, Shane Zilstra and Brock Wright both signed their ER, ERFA tenders per the transaction wire. So they are fully with the Detroit Lions. But I agree with you in that I don't think the Lions are really done with tight end. And I don't think that's going into the season that that's like an ideal scenario for them. And I agree with you that, especially looking deeper into the draft, like you don't need to be looking at someone like Mayer or someone for the first round. I understand there was that article, I think it was from PFF, that outlined all of the first overall tight ends, I mean, the first tight ends taken. And every year of the oh yeah, yeah, yeah of yeah. every year of the past ten years of the draft and it's it's a it's, it's a, a rough list <laughs> it's a it's a rough list I mean Tyler Eifert could have been that guy but very henpecked by injuries but everyone else on that list from Cole Komet to Eric Ebron it's it's a rough read <laughs> but I agree with you like I I think that's more of a factor of like how this league has tried to evaluate tight end uh, uh, talent and put too much of an emphasis on like pass catching instead of versatility, but like to your point, like I just did a mock draft on my pre-show stream and we were able to get like Sam Laporta in like the upper of the third round. And like, I know that's a mock draft. I'm, I'm violating something by even mentioning mock draft, but I know uh, I think in uh Brugler's beast guide, Laporta scored like a second, a third round grade and Schoon- Schoonmaker from Michigan is it's a third round grade as well. Darnell Washington first, maybe second round grade, depending. I know Lions fans like that. There's names in this draft that I think could be very good fits for what the Lions want to And what the Lions want to do at tight end is just that kind of same versatility we talked about. You want someone who, when they line up, you don't know if they're going to block or, or pe- catch a pass. So I think, I think to your point, like, I don't think it's completely off the radar and it still remains a high need. And pro and I would say probably good odds they take someone on uh, day t- a tight end on day two if it fits their needs, Morgan. I'm I'm with the day two idea, hundred percent. I'm the values there. Obviously, like you talked about earlier, the only thing and people might start throwing things at me, and I'm not one of these tight ends in the first round people. But if they wanted to, if say Brad wanted to trade back into the first round, like late, like twenty nine or thirty, use some of his extra capital he's accumulated here recently and take Darnell Washington, I'm not going to be mad at him, man, because you would unlock some cool stuff. You'd be able to put Darnell Washington next to Panay Sewell and like 11 personnel, and you could just start bashing people in the face over and over and over again. Like <laughs> pull Jonah Jackson, get the running, you know, just, just start wailing on people. Like you could really do some fun stuff. And then he can like, yes, he's not like super fast. He tested well, but the fact that he can run and like at least, you know, be a viable option in the passing game just adds to what he can do in the running game. So that's that's my only caveat. That would be fun. That would be a lot yeah. of fun. Well, I mean, I I, I, I I get it, Jeremy. Like, I, I completely get it because like this league has seen the unicorns at the tight end position, the Kelsey and the Gronk, and they just teams change when they get someone like that. But I think, again, we've just in the past prioritize the wrong things instead of finding someone who's great all around like Gronk and Kelsey can do. Right. And listen, let's, let's take a st- step back and look at this Lions organization. Mm-hmm. Their head coach is a tight end, former tight end. Former tight NFL coach, tight end. Yes. <laughs> the, the, their tight ends coach is a former NFL tight end. They're probably next in line to be the offensive coordinator. If, if Ben Johnson leaves. 
Ben John. Yeah, I'm saying Ben Johnson, former tight ends coach, passing game coordinator, tight end, former tight end coach. They are filled with a bunch of guys that understand the importance of this position. And let me read you something from Steve Hyden from last week. And tell me if this sounds like Darnell Washington. Here's what he's looking for in a tight end. I think it's still all about physicality first. And you go into the game with that mindset and that approach. Most of the time, the rest will take care of itself. I still think you can win a bunch of games in this league just being more physical than your porn. Uh, now, obviously, as, as you tie things all up, your technique, your fundamentals, your discipline, your approach to the game and all that, but I think it starts with physicality, and I don't think that will change. Mm. Sounds mm. like Darnell Washington. I'm, it sounds I, I'm, like, that I, sounds I like, like Kincaid, too, from Utah. Sure, but I, I, like, I like how Morgan do it. 18, it doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel like the right value. Mm. And I understand... If you're doing it at 30 and you're spending, you know, whatever, a second and a third, a second and a fifth, whatever it takes. It's it's close to the same value. And I'm I'm probably splitting hairs here, but I think I'm with you, man. And 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 when if you can get those guys that are more dual threat than you think, and I think Darnell Washington has a little bit of that receiving stuff that yeah. that's waiting to be unlocked. I mean, he caught 28 passes, 450 yards last year. It's not like mm-hmm. it's a it's a complete um projection. Um if you get one of those guys that that the, the Kelsey's the, the the Andrew the Mark Andrews like those are huge chess pieces that not a lot of teams can match up against. No, and so I'm not saying Darnell Washington is necessarily that dude, but I'm not. I'm also not going to be stomping my feet if if the Lions take him. Hopefully later than 18. Yeah, would you be cool if he was like Brandon Pettigrew as a receiver, like, and then was a just a road grader as a blocker? Because I mean that's a plus player, you know. I, you're right. I don't know if that's first round value to me, but that's something that the Lions do need. Like I, I know they like Brock, right? I know James Mitchell is, is, is coming into his second year off the ACL. And that's when you see players take a jump, but I don't think they have a, a road grader blocker. I really don't like, I, I think, I think more of them are, are blocker oriented than, than catching oriented, but I don't think any of them are great at it. Um, and of course they're young. They can get better at that tight end is one of those positions. It takes a long time to develop, but I think Darnell Washington is one of those guys that could probably hit the ground running as a blocker. And again, I, I, so. I do want to, I do want to emphasize this because again, like I think there's been some discourse about the position, the positional value of a tight end in the first round. I think it is just more of a product again of that when teams have gone to draft tight ends, Jeremy, like they've just, they've been prioritizing the wrong thing. That's ultimately when I look at a list that includes like Kyle Pitts, Eric Ebron, Cole, uh, Cole Komet, like when, when I see it's like, all right, these are a lot of pass catching guys, but their value of a blocker sometimes a suspect like Kyle Pitts was just basically a slot receiver. So that, that in and of itself has value, right? Like, oh, no, sure. it has absolutely a big, like value. a big slot or something. Yeah. But my, again, yeah. to my, but to the point, like yeah. if you're talking about the guys who are absolute monsters playing that position, Andrews, Gronk, when he uh, Gronk in his prime, Kelsey, like they're versatile and th- their versatility makes them dangerous because when they step on the field, you don't know if you've got to be preparing to, to stop them from going over the middle or not. To your versatility point too, like I saw some people in the chat were like, just draft a swing tackle then. And like, I get that idea guys, but the point is to, if you're in 11 personnel and you have Darnell Washington outside of Penesul, like split outside of him, defenses can't just start loading. Like they're like, okay, they're definitely not going to, they still have to at least respect it. So that's yeah. where it can get, you know, you can just start beating light boxes up and then they do get a heavy box and then you throw it over the top and that's where Ben Johnson probably gets excited. So that's my, that's it's very excited. Works. You yeah. know what he also gets excited for? 
Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. I knew it. Yes, I'm hungry. Mm, I'm hungry. <laughs> I think I just ate my last bag of the uh, of the Foul Capone. So uh, actually, that's why Ryan's not here. He's out of the Foul Capone and he's it's been out from their site for a while. And he's been driving over to uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania to find out why and when they can get more of his favorite turkey jerky. Because Righteous Felon is pre- is sponsoring the Pride of Detroit POD cast. And it's also the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions as the Righteous Felon jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions pl- players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Someone also sent me this the other day, and I need to like confirm it that it's not just a um that's not just something I, I guess Righteous Felon put it up on their own. Twitter account that uh, a prison uh, that apparently a drone was trying to deliver jerky to prison and failed. And wouldn't you know it? It was the teriyaki Balboa. However, I can't tell if that's a personal, a personal uh, vouching for in in our chat saying the teriyaki, the new teriyaki flavor is excellent. I love teriyaki flavor. Like, like as a weeb, I should love teriyaki flavor. And as a Cali boy, I love teriyaki flavor and I'm definitely going to be charging up, but we're going to give you help you charge up on the teriyaki Balboa here in a second. But first you should know that every two ounce bag of jerky has 16, 20 grams of protein. Each stick has eight grams. If it's good enough for the lion, it's good enough for you. As I said before, they're based in West Chester, Pennsylvania. They're bros. They use locally sourced all natural black Angus beef and prize themselves on superior brand quality, revolutionary branding and unique flavors. And if you want some of that teriyaki Balboa or maybe some of the taco flavored meat sticks, we're going to help you out. POD 15. That is the promo code you can use when you go to righteousfelon.com. Get 15% off your order. Any sized order. You just want one bag to try it out. That's fine. You want the sampler bag. That's fine. You want to get a whole crate of this stuff? By all means, 15%, no matter the size of your order. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use the code POD15 at checkout. 15% off your order, RighteousFelon.com. When we come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, we're going to be talking to you about dream scenarios and nightmare scenarios for the Detroit Lions in the first round. And I've already told Jeremy he cannot answer all of these with just trading up slash trading down. But he actually actually do some work on actual players. You cannot infinitely trade down, Jeremy. <laughs> that is not a possibility. We'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. We've gone way over time here. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year 
at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Pride of Detroit PODcast. After one of our weirder breaks we've had, uh, we're trying to talk about the Lions again. Jeremy, I think you said during the break, or, or at least Morgan did. And actually, yes, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to attribute what Morgan said to you, Jeremy. But Morgan made in tone that this draft, as we look at our, our, our subject is basically worst case, best case scenarios in the first round. Nightmare dream scenarios for pick six and 18. And Morgan, I, I want you to kind of lead where you're going with this, because I disagree with it just because I know how hazardous this fan base can be. But you said there's not a lot of scenarios where you're going to be completely out of your mind, depending on what the Lions do. Yeah, there's just because of, for the first time in well, at least my adult life, right? So I'm 32 years old. This is by far the best position they've been in before the draft. Like they went and plugged up a bunch of the holes that we had perceived, you know, prior to free agency to the point where like, okay, they don't have to draft a corner. They, they're they're They probably need to, they don't have to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they've just put themselves in a position where they can do so many different things that you can justify, like on a, you know, a factual objective basis that you can't really get mad. I know people are going to get mad one way or another because they want it to go their way, that the, their mock draft or whatever, you know, but uh, yeah, there's not outside of a few things, which I'm sure we'll get into. There's not really many things that they can do to just make me really angry towards Brad Holmes or any of them. Yeah, I'm actually right there with you in terms of personally speaking. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot the Lions can do, including drafting Bijan Robinson, that that's going to really piss me off. Um, but there are some things that I'll I'll certainly raise an eyebrow to and be like, hmm, it's not what I would have done. But let's let's see how Dan Campbell Jeremy. spins it into gold. Jeremy. Why are you lying like that? I Listen, I've said multiple times, and I remain to say that if the Lions draft Bijan Robinson, I'm not going to lose my mind. I'm not going to be happy, but I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. Because I understand it. I'm going to be hosting draft night. You're going to come in here at eight when they take him at 18. And sure. I'm pretty sure our entire podcast is going to be about why did you take Bijan Robinson when Joey Porter was right there or something. Sure. But uh, let, <laughs> let's spin that into discussion. And let, yes. let's just start with the negative. Let's start with what is your guys's Worst case scenario Oof. with their first pick. And I say first Let's pick because maybe six. it's not Let's just Let's start six. with six, right. Who wants to go first? Oof. Who wants to be the, the harbinger of doom? The dungeon of doom. Okay. I'll if, you uh, can't say that on this podcast. Personally? That's, yeah, pers- that's true. <laughs> personally? Is that how we're asking this? Sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're in charge. Scenario. Yep. I don't want, I want no part of Will Levis at six zero parts like zero percent i'd rather have all of the other quarterbacks before him like yeah all of the yeah that's where i'm at right there worst case scenario including hendon hooker mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so almost as old as he's almost as old as hendon hooker that's the crazy <laughs> thing too people don't realize like we we get on hendon hooker because he's ancient but Hendon hooker uh you know and he puts men uh, you know we can talk about the mayonnaise thing another time but Mm. please let's yeah. not let's not ever talk about the mayonnaise and the coffee <laughs> that's not a euphemism either that's something that's that's actually done i think it, we were talking before the break too about like 
how weird it is about the amount of backlash of Will Levis. And I, I think there's been some there's there's been some reasons, I think, for the decline in his production. But I also think I agree with most people like that compared to the other three of the top quarterbacks here. I understand he doesn't really move the needle. Um, and and to go back to a name that I just chided Jeremy about, like, I think the nightmare scenario for me would be Bijan Robinson at six which is apparently what a, you know, I, I just ran a mock draft simulator just to get the names up in front of me. It started when I didn't want it to and had the Lions taking Bijan at six. Oh, which one is that? Uh, I think it will remain nameless, just not give it notoriety. <laughs> okay, but, that's fair. Like, that's good, okay, yeah. but I, I mean, Bijan himself, me like, yeah, Go he's ahead. not a top, he's not going to be in the top 10. Like, I understand People, I even understand the idea of taking Bijan Robinson, but I absolutely do not agree that he's someone who will go in the top 10 because that day and age, like your running backs in this day and age are on the field less and less. And I know we're in an age where people are either pining for the past of running backs or talking about how you can run heavy with a team. But I don't know, like one of the guys I work with at Fox Sports Radio is talking about, man, just give me a feature back. And I had to tell him, there's no such thing as a feature back anymore. If you draft a running back, they're they're going to see like maybe 30, maybe 40% of the of the offensive snaps. It's just how running backs work and that's been the objection about running backs has been the usage amount on them is has dipped. It's dipped low. And and they're certainly not going to play this guy 80% of the time when they just handed Dave Montgomery, seven million a year, six million a year, whatever it was. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like, like they, they just, and Montgomery is fantastic. And they know they have a known value in, in Montgomery for what he can do on the field. Yeah. yeah. The Saquon Barkley's are the rarity. Like, for he, what he took, he toted the rock like 300 plus times last year. And that's why him and New York are in this standstill right now because he's and like, Barkley kept getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Before like, this, before this yeah. year, he kept getting hurt. Kept getting binged. And then this year he was healthy and they want to play him under the franchise tag. And they're probably, he's probably thinking they're going to hand it to me 300 times again. And I just, you know, I get it from both sides, but yeah. It's just, I don't object taking Bijan, but at six, the value that you're giving up for any other of those picks that would probably be available there is where I would call is why I call it my nightmare scenario. I'm I'm going to play my nightmare scenario a little bit closer to reality because while I agree with both of you guys, those two things would be horrible. I don't think either are very likely. Agreed. The things that are likely that would be really crappy for this team. Trading up for Anthony Richardson. I'm sorry, Chris. I don't like that move at all. I think that is way too overly risky for this team right now. They don't listen. I think a lot of people look at their roster, look at their situation and say, hey, this is the time to take a risk. You, you've got a good roster. You've got a bunch of draft picks. You can absorb a bad hit by by taking a swing like this. And there is some truth to that. But at the same time, you don't need to force this quarterback issue at all. You don't. Like, I understand you won't have the draft capital next year. I understand you have to pay Jared Goff down the road if, if he's your dude. But... I'm with what Dan Campbell has said is where like, yes, we are going to look at quarterbacks, but we're not going to force this issue. There is no reason to force this issue, especially on a prospect that the, the, the range of just belief in, in this guy can be so good, or this guy might be a complete bust. Like there is just way too much indecisiveness in like, it, it's just a really hard 
overlook of a guy like him. So trading up to three to get him, which I think is going to cost this team a heck of a lot more than just 48. I think that's almost a nightmare scenario. And before you jump in really quick, my only other one, and this is this is a mild nightmare, but if three quarterbacks go before the Lions and then Jalen Carter and Will Anderson also go for, in front of the Lions and the Lions aren't able to trade out of that, that is like a low-key nightmare scenario because I don't like any of those guys. I was going to ask that. Sense. I was going to ask that after responding to you on AR. is like, <clears throat> what happens if we get to this where Carter, Anderson, three quarterbacks are off the board – and you're basically looking at six and you can't trade down. And you're like, I guess we take Christian Gonzalez. And I'm not demeaning Christian Gonzalez. I think he's a great athlete, but that does feel like with the potential at the, in the top six picks of this draft, if you're sitting there at six without those premier, those premier defensive line and quarterback talents, trying to figure out what you can do and nobody wants to dance with you to move up to six. That's kind of a bad that that's that's a worst case scenario, I think. Yeah. If worst case realistic scenario. Like but listen, am I gonna be crying if they're walking home with Devin Witherspoon or or Christian Gonzalez? No, like that's not fine. in the least. No, not not in the least. A lot of people are saying Tyree Wilson, I'm not on board at six. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I don't I, I don't understand where snap. this thing like like this week, like people are saying Tyree. I saw a couple places putting Tyree Wilson above Will Anderson. I think people are just yeah. bored in the draft process. No yeah, way in I, hell. Listen, he's He's a monster of a person. His his physical stature is ridiculous. His athleticism is good. He's got long arms, but he's slow off the snap. He's dealing with some injuries. The foot injuries is something you have to obviously clear first. And I just I don't know. I, I feel like he's a little bit too raw of a prospect. I don't I don't know how much faith I have in the Lions' new defensive line coach yet to to put a project in his hands right away. So Tyree Wilson at six is maybe not nightmare scenario, but I'm not. I'm feeling pretty underwhelmed by that pick, if that's what it is. I, I apologize, uh, Morgan, if you could let me. I want to go real yeah. quick back to the AR thing. I think for me, I've always said AR makes sense if he's there at six. I agree with you. Like, I would not be happy about trading up. I would only say that if they trade up, though, like we've seen Holmes get really excited about guys he really wants before. Yeah. And that's the only reason it would stay off my board if he decides to trade trade up. But I kind of get it, like, and also, like we we've talked about this before. I remember see, I saw the clip today about Adam Schefter trying to talk about it might not go like one, two, three, four, or whatever he whatever he was saying. But I think we talked about this a couple of years ago, Jeremy. Like before that Lawrence Wilson Lance draft, it hadn't happened since 1999 with Couch and McNabb and um, oh, I forget who the third quarter. It doesn't matter either right. way. It doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. And I, I think I'm with like, which is, which is why I agree with you. You don't need to force the issue right. at three to get AR. The the question is, and you know, if the smoke around Houston is true, that they're not enamored with any quarterback, not named Bryce young, and they might go defense. Do you go up and get CJ Stroud? And that's, that's an entirely different conversation. And obviously right. lines brought because, him in. And, I mean, yeah. And it, it sounds like, you know, the, the, the Colts want to be quarterback hungry now too. Right. So you'd have to jump them at, at four. So I don't know. CJ Stroud is, is not a nightmare scenario for me. It's, it's one that will definitely be divisive in Detroit. Um, but it, that, that to me is a, a more acceptable trade aggressive trade up than. Right. Than, no, uh, I think I agree. There's, there's less risk in someone like right. CJ Stroud. And I am, I am a risk averse person. No, I get it. Especially if you're going to put, put uh, resources into it. Yeah. So best case. 
Best case scenarios at six. Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. Yeah. Jalen Carter falls to six. Yep. Damn. <laughs> I, 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 again, I, I'm very skeptical that the lines aren't as enamored with him as I am, but I think, I think it's a, it's a home run if he falls to six and the lines and I'd almost be a little bit encouraged, right? That the lines are willing to maybe not toe this very line of like, Oh, we can't, we tech can't take any character. It's like, no, like you're a good franchise with a good foundation, a good environment, a good, you know, characters in, in, in the locker room. Sometimes you're not going to like, there's, there's guys that are unsavable, right? I don't think Jalen Carter is necessarily that guy. Put him in the right environment, put him around talented players and let him wreak havoc. And so if he falls to six, I'm going to be minorly disappointed if the Lions don't take it. I'll still understand. And again, I still think they probably would skip over him. But to me, that that is like you don't spend any extra resources to go get him. He just kind of falls into your lap. Maybe the best player in this draft and just so happens to be at the team's best need, biggest need. That's a dream scenario for me. Dream scenario for me. Kind of the same fall into your lap category, but with Will Anderson. I find it unlikely to happen. But thinking about this, assuming everyone goes crack level addicted on quarterbacks this draft, and we do get some unholy alignment of one, two, three, four. And Seattle, and uh, we we talked, we've talked about this a bit before. <clears throat> Seattle has no problem with character issues too, and they decide they want to go for someone like Jalen Carter. Hell, I'd even take a trade up scenario if it looks like you could probably go for Will Anderson. I think he is the best player in this draft period, like talent, like independent of any position. Will Anderson is the best player in this, in this draft. I'm going to piggyback right off Chris's point then and just go. Yeah. I, my, you took mine, but I was going to say, take one of these extra picks that uh, Holmes has accumulated <laughs> and uh, move up and get Will Anderson, man, pair Will Anderson with Hutchinson for the next however long and you're going to be off and running your defense is going to be so much better right there just to have those two pillars on the edge they can move around yeah that would be a lot of fun aaron glenn would be i think he'd probably smile for a month straight i will say if the lines and, and chris is going to hate me if the lines trade down it can still get a, like a devin witherspoon at 11 that that is no, i don't i don't mind that, that, mind that. i just that I, is I'm like just, i'm testing i'm testing beautiful. I'm trying to test how far Jeremy I can take Jeremy. I'm like, Jeremy, if they trade up for Will Anderson, will you accept trading up? No. He shakes his head no. I don't think so. I, no. Or the like best the, player in this draft. I feel like the only if if you're trading from six to three, you better be grabbing a quarterback. No, I I, I can I can okay, I can understand that then. I can understand yeah. that if that's your if that's your opinion. Sure, sure. What's the what's the what's the like uh Mendoza line for too much for you though, Jeremy? Like to move from six to three, like in terms of capital for for an edge for will anderson yeah or, or just in general just to move up just it might be up. different if, if we're talking will anderson or a quarterback i might be more willing to do it if, if, if you know for stroud for stroud i might i might i might shell I, out like a 2024 first and and maybe you're you're 48 or whatever like you're you're i mean you're going for it you're you're getting a franchise quarterback if it's for will anderson i, I don't know if i would do anything more than like 48 48 and maybe like a 2023 day two or something like something along like those that. lines. Like it's still pushing yeah. it to me for an edge that, that isn't a pressing need. 
what if it's not to go to three? What if it's to go to four? What if, what if it like we the do go one, two, three? Mind? What? All right, let's what if go the cults off have it. lost their mind? But I'm saying, like, if the if 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 well, if Ursay like Ursay doesn't run the damn team, I'm sorry, but like if it goes one, two, three on the quarterbacks, and suddenly they're like, Yeah, we don't like anything here, we're gonna punt a bit. And yeah. uh and Holmes makes grabby arms for Will Anderson. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess it doesn't matter. It, it's still the same price, right? Like, is it? I don't want to give up more than 48. I mean, for me, like I my line is still the same because you're gar- okay. you're grabbing the same player. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on to 18 then. We want to talk like a little deeper. So we're going a little deeper in the draft now. You know, you've probably seen Witherspoon and Gonzalez go. Uh, questions whether Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be there. People keep asking about like wide receivers for the lions in the first round. I don't really see it. Um, but what's kind of, let's, let's go the opposite way. What is your dream scenario at 18 look like Jeremy? Um, I think, I think if, if, if I can connect it to my dream scenario at six, it's, it's getting your defensive tackle, ideally Jalen Carter at six, and then getting your corner of the future at 18. And that, that would probably be Deontay Banks. I think Jalen Carter, Deontay Banks, is my ideal like pie in the sky a plus draft for draft home for for Brad Holmes? You're not I mean, buying into like Joey Porter Holmes. or someone. Jo- yeah, I mean, I'd love jo- Joey Porter, but he's not getting past the Steelers. Like, really? I, yeah. <laughs> like he's such a perfect fit for the Steelers that if he Mike Tomlin at 15 or you know, I mean, Joey Porter was a classic Steeler. It's just it's too perfect of a fit there. But yeah, Deontay Banks is is kind of the one guy I'm circling. If they aren't going corner. I don't know. Like, I feel a lot of Kalijah Cansey hate, and I, I think I would kind of. I, I, I think most people think of Cansey as like a day two guy, but like a really he started early to slide in that conversation yeah. a, a mm-hmm. bit. And I understand he's he's super undersized. Um, Brise, Brise, I should say. I'm, I'm starting to say his name right. Um, Brise, Brise, or Cansey, I think are are legitimate picks here, and obviously they're two very different style defensive tackles, but. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't go defensive tackle, if you don't get Jalen Carter there at six, I don't mind filling that need at, at 18. You don't have to, if you don't like those guys, don't push it. But I think that's decent value there of, of guys that can contribute and, uh, and be decent, um, uh, immediate impact really. My dream probably I'll, I'll go in a different direction and go Darnell, Wright. I would love to get Darnell right at 18 and you're just, you're set for a while. Then you're, you're in a good position to eventually pay Jonah because you're going to need to get cheap somewhere else. If you're going to have to pay Jonah, cause you're going to, it's going to quickly become a really expensive off offensive line. That's the Eagles. Uh, so yeah, going in a different direction. If they going in the trenches, either way, I was going to say, can you kind of said can So I was going to say, can right. Trenches would be great. The corner would be fine. Like I would love Brian banks here. There's a lot of things they could do to make me happy here. Eric has indoctrinated you into the Darnell Wright crowd. I'm just an offensive line enthusiast, man. You just, that, you that's would, fair. You complete the gauntlet. Like you, you know, similar to my argument for Darnell Wright or, or excuse me, uh, Darnell Washington earlier. Right. Like you would just start being able to even more so hopefully, you know, be able to just pummel people. What So what do you do with Darnell Wright in year one? Do you, do you have him as a swing tackle or do you, do you kind of insert him in there to the right guard? I'd let him get I'd let him try for right guard. I would say it's an open yeah. competition. You you know, I think that would bring out a really good competition between sure. him and Glasgow, Big V and uh, Darnell Wright competing for right guard. And then if he if he's not ready, then he just he swing tackle for a year. It's not a bad gig. 
And that's another, you know, it speaks to the position the Lions roster is in, man, because how far have we come to where like your 18th overall pick? Yeah, it's okay if he sits for a year. Right. Wow. And I think, I think Lions, I've said this before on the podcast, I think Lions fans are going to have to start get used getting used to rookie classes not being as heavy of contributors as they were in the first two years because of what rosters, but that's always a sign that your roster is doing well. Yeah. Right. Reset expectations as yeah. the, as the roster uh, develops. This is hard for me to come up with a dream scenario for this. Cause I feel like there's so many ways the lions could go. Sure. Like all you guys are t- like, and I, I feel like, and I feel like I'm going to take a, Jer- a book a page from Jeremy's playbook it's to trade down like five spots and still get one of these guys. Cause I feel like the, the, the opportunity value is there. And I think like, yeah, even if you, even like maybe you miss on like uh, on <clears throat> banks, like you trade down a bit, like you trade down a bit and maybe Keely Ringo is still, still there or something like there's, or maybe like you decide, Hey, let's, let's zig a little bit. And what we just talked about with tight ends and there's a tight end there near the end of the first, rather than in the middle of the first, you go and uh, try your hand at that. Like there, there's, there's, I think the second half of this draft gets really interesting on how much it's open up on different possibilities at different positions. And the lions are in a position where they've done their homework and they've rounded out their roster very well that they could go and upgrade in a lot of different directions. Like maybe they, yeah. maybe they just wait till, till close towards the end of the first round. They're like, you know what? We could really use a linebacker. And it's it's only going to open up as draft goes on, right? Like, right. It, it's going to be more and more like I don't know who they're going to pick in round three. Or they they oh no, they have a round three. They don't have round four. Um, you know, as you get deeper and deeper, it's just like I, I think you're going to see Brad Holmes get even closer and closer to like strict best player available. He, he's basically said like he's he's very best fail, player available in general. But I think as you get deeper in the draft, it's just going to be like. I don't know. Let's take an offensive tackle. Let's take a tight end. Let's take a off ball linebacker. You know what? You know, I wouldn't we, even we be, I wouldn't be mad if they decide to take a wide receiver. No, no. I think there's a long-term need there for sure. Right. I, I sure hope they don't do it in the, in the first round. And maybe, maybe that's my nightmare scenario. Cause I really think. Why you wouldn't like a Jordan Addison? No, I wouldn't. Honestly, oh, Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the only first round yeah. receiver I would pick. Not and even Quentin Johnson. Nope. No, really? He had he's like not. eight drops last year. Okay. He's, he's a big body and he he can run, but yeah, I'm not not in not in the first round. I yeah. can't hate on Addison just because you you know the reason. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, um yeah. No, you want, go, well, yeah, I, wide receiver wasn't going to be my answer for worst case scenario. I think it's probably it's it's one of two things. It's it's off ball linebacker, because I think the positional value is maybe even worse than running back. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I mean, I can also throw Bijan into the conversation. I'll spare you guys of me going on another running back in the first round rant. I think so. I think if they go, you know, whoever it is, whether it's Drew Sanders, maybe they really like Jack Campbell. I'd be pretty disappointed with with the Lions doing that in the first round. Jack Campbell, maybe with their second second round, I'd be okay with. But if they get really grabby for an off ball linebacker, I would one be shocked. Um, to be pretty disappointed because I don't think there's I, value there. And it would also take away snaps from guys like Malcolm Rodriguez and Derek Barnes, who I think are capable players in this league, maybe potentially even really good ones. I am a I am a Jack Campbell enjoyer, but I also would agree that I would absolutely not like to see the Lions take a first round pick on him. I would I would rather wait for day two for Jack Campbell to enjoy it properly. Yeah. 
linebacker in the first round is like stomping and screaming about positional value <laughs> grounds for me. So yeah, no, yeah, absolutely not. Uh, we haven't talked about it and I, I'm looking there deep and I'm trying to think like, how would we feel at the lions? I guess this isn't nightmare or dream scenarios or anything, but like we, we talked a little bit about taking offensive line talent, but like, where is that threshold for you? Uh, is 18 Darnell acceptable to take offensive line talent? Oh yeah. Darnell right at 18 all day. Like, I feel like that's like a Brad Holmes, depending on how high he values Darnell, right? Like, cause I, we, we know that Brad Holmes values like the, you know, the offensive line and the defensive line. Like he will, he spent premium capital on both and his, mm-hmm. you know, short time in Detroit. And if he values Darnell, right? Like he, I think he does. Then I bet you he, that's like a, get in trouble for turning in the car too early at 18 situation mm-hmm. potentially again for him, which is hilarious. I, I hope he keeps doing it. Cause it I hope fun. he does too. Cause I hate this idea that it's like, we've got to keep edging this out. So ESPN can like give like three more minutes airtime to Mel Kuyper. Yeah. Like we don't care, bro. Let's just keep this thing going. It's in the dinosaurs. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I think about offensive line early in the first round. Like, I'm pretty against kind of that Peter Skaronsky stuff that was happening earlier in the draft process where a couple local beat guys mocked him to the Lions at six. We didn't even mention that as a nightmare scenario, but I'd be pretty against that. That's a little. Yeah. And I don't know. Again, it's kind of the same Darnell, right? Like, do you just start him at right guard and then move him to tackle? Because that's a lot easier said than done, first of all. And two, like Skaronsky's got the short arms. I don't even know if I'd really like Skaronsky at 18, if I'm being completely honest. I get why everyone loves Darnell Wright. He shut down Willie Anderson. He's got some really, really good tape there. But I just, again, like I'm I'm just kind of scratching my head on the value there. Like a, a guard that you eventually turn into a tackle, first round doesn't seem right for that. Um, yeah. Get a guy that you're sh- like, you're sure is going to be your starter at a specific position the entire time. And so I'm not, I'm not in love with that idea. I'd re- like guard. The value for a guard, if that's what you're trying to get, is always in that day two. Like right. late second round, early third round is. I mean, Steve Avila is the guy that everyone keeps talking about. I don't know if he makes it to the third round. Probably not. Um, but there are other good options there at guard that I would rather just wait and 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 get the value there, than maybe go for this guard future mm-hmm. tackle hybrid thing that sounds good on paper, but I don't know how easy it is. In it's practice. hard. That's pretty hard to throw together. Yeah. Hmm. It's true. I think we got through it. I think that's, uh, I think we've covered everything. Hendon Hooker at 18, nightmare or dream? That, yeah, honestly, that would be my nightmare. I don't think I gave a nightmare scenario. I think that would be it. Wake up screaming nightmare. Wake up screaming. Like, like buying, like, I think Hendon Hooker has a future in this league as a backup, as a QB2, as a career QB2. That seems to be where he's going, but I'm sorry. I cannot see where people see him as a starter talent, not with the college system that he played at Tennessee, not at 25 coming off of a torn ACL. And then Hooker there's, in the first round is so nasty much, work. Like I, I can't, I can't, I, I guess the thing I can't figure out is the people who would want to poo poo on Anthony Richardson and then turn around and embrace Hendon Hooker. There. I'd be a little bit more open to you guys, but it's definitely if we're if we're talking like on the meter of of dream versus 
nightmare. It's it's definitely closer to nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would need some explanations. I would need some explanations, but anyway. But I think we're done here. We're going to wrap up the Pride of Detroit POD cast, uh, partly because a friend of the show is trying to jump on our stream. We want to make sure she can uh, get some time for it. But uh, yeah, I don't think we have really any plans for this week yet, Jeremy. We're uh... No, well, I mean, we'll do our, our mailbag podcast with Eric on Wednesday. Uh, I'll, I'll bring in a guest. We'll do a first a, a draft oriented first bite guest. Yeah. And we'll do live on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. We'll do a mock draft this week, a live mock draft. I haven't yes. decided what day of the week, so and also, make sure you're just following us there. Set up alerts on your phone. And so that also, you I believe this upcoming Spotify live Q&A is our last Spotify live call-in because they are shutting down the app. That is correct. So, And we won't be doing it during draft week. Correct. So. End of the month, they're, they're Shutting down Spotify Live, which means yes, this this Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern uh is will be uh the time of our last live show. If you want to be one of the last live call-in guests, download the app, follow at Pride. I never Detroit. got to host it. I never got to like co-host one of those. Maybe maybe in the next iteration of those shows. Maybe. We even <laughs> figure out how to get another iteration of those things going. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here for myself. Uh, Morgan, as always, uh, find Morgan on Twitter. I didn't hand out his, his Twitter account at the start. I apologize. mcannon313. Morgan is uh, fantastic. Thank you, as always, for jumping in, Morgan. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Reisman at Detroit Online. Myself, Chris Perfett, at Chris Perfett on Twitter, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. I've been told that uh, calling myself the adequate host is uh, SOL, so I need to come up with a brand new Lions version of adequate, apparently. I don't know if that's going to work. We've tried to rebrand Adequate Host a few times before, and it's always ended in failure. So for myself and the, the rest of them, we will see you starside on the next Pride of Detroit UDcast. <laughs>